I can't wait to announce this. We're really excited to be working with On Cloud Pine, which is a sustainable Christmas tree company, running some pop-up stores this year and online to help make the festive season feel a little bit more special and fun-filled, which I think is great, particularly in this very challenging time. On Cloud Pine have pop-up stores at Bushy Park, Greenwich Park and Richmond Park, the very best of the Royal Parks. And we are offering you, our wonderful on-repeat listeners, a lovely discount with our friends at On Cloud Pine. We think they're doing great work because they're helping a lot of a lot of festive people, singers, dancers, actors, musicians, you name it, they have it. They're helping them, um, you know, get some regular work this festive season, particularly as obviously gigs, live shows, theatre, it's all stopped. Did you know that I used to work for this company? <laughs> I didn't know this. It's one of your many skills. <laughs> when I was working there, it was full of artists, full of musicians, full of actors, full of dancers, and it's a really nice vibe. It really makes a difference actually you go into the pop-up stores where everyone's really there's just that extra bit of love <laughs> that extra bit of, of love so i would definitely recommend um going to one of the pop-up stores with your tree you will be given a unique code where you are able to follow the journey of your tree which is really quite sweet and i think that makes on cloud pine a pretty unique company so Thank you so much for that. Don't waste a moment, folks, because this discount code is valid for the next four days only and ends on the 30th of November. You can use OCP FRIEND, all in capitals, in their online checkout for money off your order. And that'll be 10%. So let's get going. Don't worry, we'll remind you after this episode about our On Cloud Pine partnership this year but for now it's time to go back to the podcast this week we're speaking to singer songwriter and pop artist Sabia The London-based artist has been called the next big thing in pop by Ear Milk and with an eclectic taste from folk to grime, sandy vocals and careful lyrics, we are inclined to agree. This week we speak all about Sabia's songwriting process and using lyrics and music as an outlet. We also speak a lot about collaboration as she's so lucky to work with her longtime friend and producer Drew Jody. Plus, we discuss her new single Do I Matter, which was released like four four days ago, five days ago. So definitely go and check it out. Yeah, it's a sick tune and I've actually got some of it playing for you right now in the background. And we also obviously discuss the magic that is pop and how it's changing from being a sort of cheesy manufactured sound to something that encompasses 
a lot of hard work and genre-defying moments. So it's definitely a brilliant interview. So lovely to talk to you about. Yeah, it was really nice to touch upon those kind of things as well because I feel like not enough people talk about it and we came to it so accidentally, but it was it was a brilliant one. Yeah, I'm waiting for her on all the playlists. All the playlists. Yeah. Many more. Exactly. And actually talking about playlisting, we did talk about... Um, Obviously, like Megan the Stallion. Yes. Meg the Stallion. And um, Spears on the same playlist as her. So she was saying how much she loved her. Mm. But she's been recommended in quite a few of the same playlist. So, yeah. you know, she's made it. She's yeah. up there with someone that she really adores. And I totally see that happening more. And she never mentioned it, actually, on our podcast, which no. is credit to her. Afterwards. Yeah, credit to her <laughs> humble nature. And um, actually, it, she, she is extremely humble. And I found this, as I, I do say a few times, that a really authentic and honest humble lovely lovely interview so thank you so much don't forget to give us a review on apple podcast um it just helps other people find us it doesn't cost you anything and it puts a smile on our face Yay. so five stars would be preferable <laughs> but you know we'll take we'll take four yes love for some love everybody so sit back, <laughs> relax, and keep it on repeat. So it's really nice to have you on. And yeah. thank uh, you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. We've been listening to your music and really enjoying it. So take us through, like, I mean, I know it's a bit cheesy, but go for it. Introduce yourself. Like, what do you, who are you? What do you do? How would you describe your music? How long have you been in the game? When I was around 15, 16, really kind of came into my own with songwriting. Um, and I used to actually play folk music because I, oh. I was, yeah, because I was on an acoustic guitar um, and I still love folk music. I still love that whole genre of acoustic singer songwriters, but I, as the years progressed, my music tastes has widened, but yeah, I used to, I used to do the circuits around London as a solo performer since I was about 17. So I've had a lot of performance experience and then, um, yeah, as the years went by, I sort of just started to feel like I wanted to change up my sound mm -hmm. and, um, my best friend, Andrew, um, who we've been friends since about 16, so a teenage, from since our teenage years. And um, we, he was also been doing music for a long time and was doing his, uh, he's done his production degree and um, started getting experience in loads of studios. And we kind of just joined forces and started writing together. Mm. And we both love pop and R&B. <laughs> And so naturally, and I had actually started using Logic myself and I was like, whoa, there's all this, this whole soundscape that I, yeah. I'm privy mm. to now. I can just, I don't just need my acoustic guitar. I have all this equipment and all the, these different noises I could use. And I just got excited. And I was like, I, the first song I wrote um, on Logic was Trial. Um, and then I took it to Andrew, um, who tied it up. Then we took it to... Um, um, Avi who produced it and he turned it into something else and I was like oh holy crap this is a whole different sound 
And um, I was just really excited because I, I grew up listening to, you know, R&B and hip hop. I've gone through all the stages. I've gone through the, the, you know, <laughs> the metal, trying to like slick my curly hair down. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. Oh, I've man. been there too. I've been there too. I feel like we all have. Like at one point you put like a safety pin on and you're like, hip so hardcore. Um, <laughs> I think it was just cringe. But, you know, I, uh, you know, my foundations could sort of lay in the sounds of South London, which is grime and hip hop, because that's what my cousins were listening to. That's what I was listening to growing up. So I kind of gone back on that. And yeah, so we just started to really expand what we were listening to and really appreciate. I feel like, especially in the more alternative scene, there can be quite a bit of snobbery towards pop music. Mm, Mm. And I just don't get it because there's so much sick pop music out there that, there's so much hard work that goes into it and people just ignore that and yeah. we were and he 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 loves anything from you know the weirdest of like electronic nerd music to like you know Harry Styles so <laughs> he's a great person to work with us and we can explore that expanse and yeah it's from there we just started to write and just be constantly writing together and having these long studio sessions like these overnight studio sessions where we were just really really going for it to develop a new sound essentially and it just yeah that this is how the kind of new sound has come about and we're really happy with it now i'm very excited about it that's so i think you're really right that kind of pop music does have a bit of Mm. snobbery attached to it i think um Mm. i think maybe if you think of like pop and like kind of associate it with cheese Immediately, but, yeah. but I don't. I mean, I don't think it's like that. And I think you know, pop music. The the name is just popular music. It's just what the kind of people are listening to. And I think if you look exactly. at like what's in the charts now, it's not that kind of cheesy stuff. It's got all these like different influences of underground music, and it's just on like a bigger platform. Exactly. And I think yeah. like one of my biggest the artists that I love the most is Rihanna. Mm. Um, and people always go, oh, she doesn't write her own songs as well. I was like, but is she not a great performer? Mm. Does she not like give that essence to it? If it wasn't Rihanna singing the track, it it probably wouldn't like bang as hard as it does. So <laughs> you got to appreciate the work that these artists like, put in. And it it's still artistry, despite the fact whether they've written it or not. And mm. I, I mean, me, but I love writing my music, but you know, pop artists and pop music has come so far. Mm. It isn't just one genre, as you said, it spans so many now. And I think the name puts people off pop. Mm. Like they think of a very prescribed vision of what pop is when pop can be Christine and the Queens, it can be Rihanna, Mm. it can be Sia, it can be all of these people who are amazing songwriters. I love this because it makes me think of uh, a lot of the work that I'm involved in actually where I'm trying to push and promote pop music for early years education more because it's seen as something that you just don't do because it's not a real art form so I think you're right like I think there is a lot of kind of snobbery and elitism and you're totally right like these people who entertain they are part of the artistry exactly and to try and sort of say well you have to write your own songs you and do this and do this and do this for a lot of people 
I mean, obviously some people can be self-taught, very talented and whatever, but for a lot of people, that means that you have to have lessons and time and privilege exactly. to an extent in all of these mm. areas. And then we're limiting uh, who can who can get involved. Um, and I think also with like, when people say pop stars as well, that really comes into it. Massively. This uh, this idea that, you know, like pop stars, they're just kind of like celebrities, entertainers, but you're totally right. I think that's that's a great point that it's it's the kind of the the totality of the yeah. work. It's it's really nice to actually have someone who's so involved in pop. Um we've had a we've had a few, uh, but definitely uh, it's an important debate to draw attention to the fact that it's still a valid genre. Definitely. Do you yeah. ever feel like other people treat you more as an entertainer? Do you think, the, are the other surprised when you say that you write your own songs? Yeah, people, actually, I think that women get that a lot, though, in general. Um, mm, they're like, definitely. oh, did you write that yourself? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't like a crew of men writing my songs for me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I wrote it myself. We are capable. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. People assume, like, especially when you're a vocalist, that that's that's it. You know, that's all you do. Um, and as again, no offense to anyone that is just a vocalist or is an entertainer, but it's the assumption behind it a lot of the time. And I think as well, yeah, people assume they knew like I've written the uh, the folk music because it's a different type of music. Mm. They're like, it's so organic, you know. It's you know, it's like. Of course she writes her own music. It's, but with pop, people assume that there's just, you have less control. You have less yeah. artistic input. Mm. Um, and it's, it's the opposite. Like at this point in my career, I, I have all the input with my friend. And yes, I'm writing with other people, but that doesn't change it because you're writing people with people that you connect with. And yeah, it, it, it has been an assumption that maybe I've... Uh, or people have had like adverse reactions to me saying that I've changed Re adverse reactions like a like a rash not mm. like that like <laughs> like, like oh pop um no um it's <laughs> they just think like oh did your management tell you to do that mm. and I was like oh, did my management tell I also like one you're assuming that I'm so susceptible to someone just being like you do pop music yeah. now I'm like yes okay, okay. sure yeah yeah right um and I'm like, no, my manager didn't tell me that. I genuinely like pop music and I can write it and I enjoy writing it. And what mm. is the problem? Um <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe it's because pop has become a bit synonymous, like wrong, wrongly so, with like manufactured. I think probably from mm. the rise of things like mm. X Factor, The Voice and stuff like yeah, that. Absolutely. They're always making pop stars. So I think you always think of mm. like... I don't know, like the girl band and the, the choreographed yeah. moves and like, yeah, like a million people telling you like what to dress and what to wear, yeah. but that's not, it's not the case. It's probably, and I'm sure that there's like manufactured bands in every genre. Like Exactly. But I think people even assume that kind of Billie Eilish is heavily manufactured because she's like the singer in the face of it, you know? I feel like people want to do like, with Billie Eilish, I've heard such mixed things sometimes from people saying like, Oh, I don't know if she's overrated. I'm like, do you really think that she's really talented and you don't want to admit it? Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. and her yeah. music to me, I don't know. As soon as I heard that album, that first full album, mm. I lost my mind. I was like, holy moly, so guacamole. Good. Like the production, the melodies, her voice. I don't think it's disgenuine at all. I think it's great. Yeah, it's so modern as well. Yeah. So contemporary. Yeah. And, it, and I think it does come down to it being like, like obviously her brother 
produce a lot of it but she's like a young woman and I think a lot of people think that young women have nothing to say exactly she couldn't have possibly written these interesting songs I know and I like that annoys me to no end when sort of and just because she is a teen as you said just because she is young just because she is super famous it's the assumption that she's just like a mindless robot and it's like Mm. We don't know that, number one. And number two, why is that the first thing to assume? Why don't we just think like she's just a really talented artist who is young Mm, and who is still finding herself, but in the process, Mm. putting out amazing art. Like, just appreciate it. And actually, I don't think someone like Charlie Styles, Harry Styles gets that kind of debate. No. Even though he is obviously manufactured from being on television. That's so true. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. and they're like around the same age I've never seen him his artistry kind of question no people think like people I've heard people that are like oh yeah he's not my type of thing but he's great like vocally and everything else and he doesn't get that kind of same level of flack that someone like Billie Eilish would get yeah I mean mm. she also gets it for other things that aren't to do with her music she? Oh like my bo- God. body image and the rest of it I wonder though like talking about pop music in in this way and this mindset of uh people almost well some people some elitist groups perhaps not wanting to engage in pop music um will that do you think like to both of you I guess like do you think that would turn itself on its head one day you know when it's almost cool to like the thing that's uncool Mm. (laughs) and 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 it becomes I don't know like sort of retro it's trends are funny like that I think like nowadays I've, or at least I'm feeling that shift where just being yourself is cooler. Or at least I don't know if it's the people mm-hmm. I surround myself with. Like one of my best friends, um, she <laughs> she loves S Club 7 and the <laughs> cheesiest stuff we could possibly... And she loves to just play it and annoy the crap out of me. <laughs> but I, I think she's way cooler than anyone that's pretending to not like that stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of flipped on its head where it's like, people are embracing and like taking out the word like guilty from guilty pleasure mm-hmm. and just being like no nah, I enjoy this man what's the big deal like yeah. <laughs> it's cool no no guilt just pleasure yeah so maybe we are on our way to that I don't know <laughs> um I'd love to move back to your your music because mm-hmm. you did touch a little mm-hmm. bit on songwriting and I'd love to know like what your kind of typical songwriting session looks like I'd love to know like where you get your inspiration from and how you kickstart your writing process uh it's usually um so we'll kind of me and um Drew will get into studio and um he'll usually sort of lay down a beat or like start the foundations but sometimes I'll come and I've had like a really bad day or bad week and or there's something that's really bothering me or my mental health is bad and I start talking about it and that sound kind of develops from our emotions um which sounds very kind of waffly but it is actually how we primarily work is based on how we're feeling um and that will kind of trigger him into like right these these chords sound right for how you're feeling this drum beat feels right for how you're feeling kind of thing and then from there we'll um yeah we'll start to expand on it and I'll he sets it up he just sets up one loop and then I go over and I just improvise melody after melody after melody until eventually like (laughs) we've exhausted these melodies and then he structures (laughs) it into 
a song that makes sense and because he's got a, a real ear um for structuring and um yeah and then from there we'll we'll figure out what it's about and we it turns into like a therapy session sometimes in all honesty because because <laughs> mm. we sit and he's like how did you feel when that happened how do you feel when this happened like to really get into my head about to, to to really get across the emotions of that song we wrote been written writing a song recently and it's very 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 deep very much about mental health and you know I was near enough crying in the session and there's been many times mm-hmm. where I've cried mm-hmm. in a session because we we touch on it those parts that are so vulnerable and scary so much that and because I've been friends mm-hmm. with him for so long I'm willing to be that way with him um and he he's a real stickler for getting your emotions across in the vocals so um there was there's this bit in um I I w- used to watch Empire I don't think I've watched the last series with um like Tajari P Henson and whatever and there's a bit where he's in the studio and he's like he says something like I want you to sing until you feel like you're gonna die and I was like that's you man he's like, he, he's <laughs> yeah. like I want you to cry in this session I'm like okay um in a not in a mean way but he really like really loves to get that level of intensity that I can he knows I can deliver so yeah it mm. tends it, it's a very I love the process I love it like it can be sometimes it can be a struggle sometimes it can be super organic but we keep it simple beat melody and emotions basically yeah is what kind of constitutes our writing sessions and sometimes a lot of rum uh, <laughs> which, which has been many times a lot of rum um but sometimes yeah that ends up coming up with the best stuff but yeah, yeah. does that make sense Definitely. I feel like I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 no that's so that's so interesting um and it's also so lovely to compare it to other people's songwriting processes like I've never actually um met many uh singer songwriters who start with a beat and right, then yeah. go on to melody usually it's chords so I'm guessing that the chords are kind of formed according to your melodies and then you say that your um that that Drew structures it and everything and it's so funny you talking about him almost like breaking you down and that's such a unique relationship it reminds me of uh of Stanley Kubrick in The Shining who broke down <laughs> a, Shelly Shelly oh my god like oh my god stop crying Shelly like that kind of it's such a that's such a unique um relationship to to have with someone do you guys hang out ever yeah, we 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 hang out. Like, we're like inseparable, basically. Um, oh, oh. So he just, I was, as I said, I was having a really bad start to my day, and I texted him, and he was like, "I'll meet you outside your house. Let's go for a walk." Because uh, oh. he, he lives like twenty minute bus journey away, so he just instantly came with a bag of snacks at my door. Um, so we hang out all that. I, I think people think we're probably crazy because we work together. I think mm. we talk on the phone maybe once or twice a day mm. and we hang out like horror movies and takeaway nights are a regular thing with us. Well, we're not in lockdown um, <laughs> <laughs> when we can. Um, and yeah, we hang out all the time. We share the same. We have mut- a lot of mutual friends um, go on holiday together. So our lives are pretty much extremely intertwined. And, yeah. Um, I think a lot of people think like, do you not 
you know have enough of each, like get enough of each other yeah. kind of thing like oh my god but no like I think because we can chill like that we can also write in such comfortable sessions yes that's what I was mm. gonna say yeah. do you think that it it helps to work with someone on that kind of creative level massively uh, yeah. to be able to just chill with them and yeah. do whatever can do like be in completely different spaces definitely because um he can literally just say to me no that was rubbish do it again <laughs> and I'm not yeah. offended <laughs> yeah and I'm like bro what, what are you doing with that beat man like are you all right like, mm. <laughs> like yeah you can probably be quite honest with one another brutally honest which is times, yeah. half that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's probably like half the battle because I guess I don't know mm. I don't know about you but sometimes I don't want to like upset people mm. or tread on their toes but like this is very much like your baby or your work so you have to have like control of it and it's nice that you feel comfortable to be like no I don't like that bit no this bit should be different like yeah definitely I I do feel like I'd never when I'm maybe working with someone I don't obviously don't know as well as um Drew like I feel like I don't want to encroach on their creative process I don't want anyone to like argue I don't want to yeah I don't want to offend anyone and it, it becomes more like if there's something you don't like you got to sit with and they're like oh I should probably say something at some point yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. trying to think of how to say it whereas with him I could just be like no and it <laughs> yeah. it's usually like we butt heads on so many things but uh it, I I prefer that I prefer us to like have that conflict and have that level of understanding of each other because mm. it always ends up being that we're on the same page it's just we'll we'll fight it out until then mm. what what kind of conflicts do you what kind of things do you disagree Ooh. on uh, sometimes so he produces my tracks as well he's um he goes by the name drew jody um and he's only this is the first track actually do i matter that he's produced by himself and sometimes he tries to add in some you know sometimes he's moving a bit mad <laughs> and he's trying to put in a weird noise I'm just like what is that man or he just tries to put in like dropping like a funky little sample because um, his own music personally is like very much like producer music and it's amazing it's like it's beautiful um, but obviously with pop music you've got to kind of keep it a little bit more simple um, so sometimes he's just trying to like do something that's a little bit snazzy and I'm like no and he's like no you'll, you'll like it and I'm like do I like it now? I'm not going to like it tomorrow. Can you take it out? <laughs> so, oh. But it's it's all out of love. It's all love, really. Like yeah. We've got into that 10 years of friendship, you know. Like <laughs> You've got to that point where you can just kind of have those little conflicts. And they're never like... like uh, and we even... We actually had a, um, a night where we just told each other everything that annoyed <laughs> the other about the other. And we're just okay. like, yeah, you wind me up, mate. Um, we just sort of and it, it just kind of like we understand that conflict more when it happens like and yeah. it's never a problem it's just like artistic conflict sometimes mm. and it, it, it's lucky to have that though. yeah really I prefer it I prefer to have that than have an un, underlying conflict that never gets yeah. addressed um I think that shows real strength of character as well like being able to assert yourself but also be vulnerable in a space Massively, which it sounds yeah. like you can do all of that is there something that um you've always felt is a part of you like have you always found it easy to kind of assert yourself have strong opinions and things like that I have um always been out of my family probably well my mum has been 
she's extremely opinionated and a bit scary um (laughs) if you cross her um and I I think I did she always told me to be my own person Mm. and so even when it came to like religion anything like feminism I mean within you know communities and cultures like mine like Guyanese or just generally like Asia and black communities tend to have obviously quite different views to <laughs> to you know modern 100%. views <laughs> yeah exactly mm. and it, it, it's you know even when it came to homosexuality or um or straying away from your religion or you know the opinions of women's position in society I just never accepted it I I didn't believe that I had to follow a prescribed version of my religion in order to be a good person I didn't believe that I needed to you know be married at this age and whatever else like not hang out I, I have so many male friends um and that's that's a weird thing in you know my sort of culture because you don't do that you know yeah Mm. or yeah or just like generally I never understood why like because I'd hear a lot of homophobic comments from different family members I just didn't get it I didn't get it and I was always I've been like known as oh Samia's gonna have an opinion on everything I'm like well yeah (laughs) yeah so someone says it like a bad thing yeah yeah. and I'm just like well why don't you have an opinion on anything like um so yeah it's just became a whole thing like of who I, but I'd rather be that way because my mum taught me. Um, and in, in turn, my mum has changed with me as well because she, mm. she didn't used to have such strong opinions of things. And then we'd have very, very intense intellectual debates about society. And my mum now considers herself a feminist. She's very like open to absolutely anything in the world. And I think it's just great. I love it. Like it, she's had a great influence on me and I've influenced her in that way. And like, I think I, I've just always, I've always just learned like to question things and to not accept things as set in stone. If you don't agree, if you're not comfortable with it, you've got to question it. And um, yeah, it's caused mm-hmm. a lot of debates within my family. And as I said, I've been kind of known for the one that's always a bit outraged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, like there is like there, there's a lot of cause for outrage, and I I don't believe in just sort of just sitting and letting things wash over. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. always been yeah. within me, and I've always just been quite vocal about my opinion. Probably too vocal back in the day. I was, it can I think when you're when you're first like feeling that rage, it comes across as rage, and it never works. Do you think do you think you were able to channel some of that rage into your music so it kind of like evened out a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Like Chiral is, is rage. Like <laughs> Chiral, mm. like you, I I put that I wanted that crunchy bass line, I wanted distortion, I wanted aggressive biting vocals to in order to emulate the rage that I was feeling, but channeling in a productive way Uh, because bringing that rage to a conversation isn't gonna help um Mm. it it doesn't change anything it doesn't you know change someone's mind all you're doing is shouting at them so and that's never gonna 
warrant a good response. So yeah, definitely challenge challenge that, channel that into the tunes I write. That's why they're a lot about self-love and they're a lot about, you know, repping yourself essentially, because mm. I think the world does a lot to undercut minorities of, of different paths. And I think it's an important space using your creativity to be able to say, despite that, I still rep myself within that. And that song you just referenced, Chira- I don't know how to Chirile, it. yeah. It's like a yeah, reclaiming of a, of a term, right? Of like a negative connotation. Yeah, um, Chiral, so uh, we have a lot of different mythical creatures in um, Guyanese culture. And Chiral is kind of used to say, oh, you know, um, she's so loud. She sounds like a Chiral. Her hair looks like this. She looks like a Chiral kind of. Anything that like suggests uh, being unruly or not, you know, following the status quo, you're compared to a banshee. Essentially, is the, the creature is a banshee. Mm. It actually comes from. Um, it's supposed to show up um, um, if uh, a mother has lost a child, um, and her feet are turned backwards, and she's got this long hair. But it, it was used as mm. like a, a way, and she screams. So it's used as a way of like kind of, um, I guess, putting down women that were loud and, as I said, didn't follow societal structures as they were supposed to, quote unquote. Um, And yeah, I just thought it was just a good symbol um, of basically how sometimes I can be seen or how my mum can be seen. Um, or how different members of my family, I come from a, a, a big family of women who are very opinionated and loud in the best of ways and very strong, very strong independent women um, who have kind of really built themselves in society. And yeah, I just, I just, I thought it was a good um, sim- a symbol of that basically. It's so lovely to hear. It's always lovely to hear like uh, stories about women being yeah. empowered. It makes me feel good oh. to listen to it, you know, and I don't even care yeah. how that sounds. <laughs> but, but, no, like, definitely, definitely. But do you, do you feel like, because um, as I guess a part of uh, the process of songwriting and performing and everything mm-hmm. is the product that comes out and the way that the audience perceives it and listens to your music. What is it that you kind of like hope for when someone listens to it? Do you want them to really like love the beat mm. or is it rather like the message that you're trying to get across or a bit of both? Like, is there anything really specific about that process that you want the audience to love the most yeah. or recognize the most? I mean, I obviously I really want them to vibe the tune. I want the sounds because I feel like the words can obviously massively affect you, but sometimes a certain melody or something can really punctuate even more so yes. than words sometimes. So yeah. I obviously want to, I want people to find it catchy. I want people to find it interesting musically. And I want something that they can sing along to as well. Like that's, we had Do I Matter in mind as a chorus that everyone could sing along to and relate to. And that, I think that relatability within the lyrics as well is really important to me. Um, because so many p- people find solace in music. It is one of the most important things 
I believe mm. that art in general is incredibly important, despite what our government say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I I just think that so many people, like, what, what would you do when you have a breakup? You sit and you, like, you binge listen to whatever album makes you cry out. And I just mm-hmm. want, <laughs> I want to put out songs where people feel that relatability, feel that ability to sing along and sing along with their chest as well. Like, mm. yeah, I felt this too. Um and whether it is about sadness, whether it is about self-love or heartbreak, whatever it is, I think that's really important. Um, and yeah, I I generally, I've, lyrics are extremely important to me. Like I spend a long time on them. Um, mm. And uh, um, Drew is also super picky with how my lyrics come across as well. We've gotten to a point where he understands exactly how I'm trying to write things and he knows the capacity I have to be able to write good lyrics so nothing is a throwaway lyric every single word is really thought of to really emulate the message we're trying to get across in the song and I mean yeah all I can ask is for people to feel connected and to feel if something makes them feel like they're being heard in a way does that make sense? Like, <laughs> as like cheesy as that can sound, like as they're as though their feelings are acknowledged, and that they're not alone, and that someone else also feels like that. That's all I can ask for. That's amazing if someone can feel like that's that's hit them in that kind of spot. Do you find it difficult to kind of? emulate that emotion in a live context or is it just sort of the writing and maybe the recording how do you keep it authentic in a live setting I know we can't do very many live shows at the moment but you know in a live context I actually find it easier I've got a very uh Mm. expressive face I've got an ugly singing face and I'm fully aware of it um (laughs) I I'm double chin out full like stank face the whole time um and I've just accepted it I don't really care because I'm I put my everything and that's why I miss life so much is because when I do a live song or show I put my absolute everything into that I put I I will get to the point where because I channel it so much on stage like the, the meaning of that song that I will let myself feel that level of intensity that I felt when I first wrote it it's very like live is very important to me and being a good performer is very important to me even if sometimes I know exactly like how I'm moving and whatever but I think letting the song take over it can like really add value to your performance. So I actually, yeah, I'd probably find it easier on stage if anything. And because you're directly with the audience, you can kind of connect with them and you can see how they're reacting to that song and you can vibe off them at the same time. And yeah, I I miss it so much actually speaking about it. (laughs) I miss that feeling of being on stage and just like singing your absolute brain out. Um, Mm, so yeah I I definitely think I find it easier I guess to convey emotion live trust trust like for sure I think it's really lovely that you're able to get into that space where it's clearly authentic for you and I'm sure that that relays to an audience what 
do you have any like any tips I wonder for singers um or performers listening and they're trying to sort of access that space safely as well because I think that it can be quite um there can be a bit of an emotional risk for people to access that space oh yeah what things do you do in between to ensure that that's a safe space to access I I guess I've I have all like I used to get so scared before performing I used to like kind of throw up and like just be like completely really yeah I used to be really bad and then I think it's a level of confidence so even though you're accessing like really hard triggering emotions that came up when you were writing this you've got to kind of realize where you are in that moment there now that you're not that person you were when you were writing it right now you're on a stage with people that are looking at you that like what you're doing you've got this level of confidence where you can sing about what you're that 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 pain but you can sing about it with a sense of like not happiness at the same time but like self-assurance within it as Mm. well that this is pain and I'm not afraid of it. Yeah. That I'm not afraid of my vulnerability. Cause I, I, I don't like the idea of people seeing weakness or not even weakness as vulnerability as weakness. I, I think yeah. vulnerability, emotions, talking about your emotions is the strongest thing you could possibly do. And I think being able to find the strength in that and being not scared of that it, it is what makes it, it easier to channel that and to sing about. And yeah, sometimes it is hard and like, I think I had performed a song for my nanny um, once and it was it, one line choked me up. Um, I can't remember which line it was, but you could hear it on, on the video and I just sort of like my voice just cracked. But I just, I looked at her and I just went, oh, I'm going I'm to finish the song, but it gave it more character <laughs> if anything. But yeah. it was hard to get yeah. through it at the same time. So I can totally understand that it can be really hard to emulate those emotions on stage without completely losing it. So you've got to get that balance, but it's just remembering that this isn't scary to express this or show this. This is human and normal and everybody feels this way sometimes. And if anything, it's valuable to show that. Um, I wanted to go back to the kind of... um writing lyric writing we were touching on that earlier on and you said you said a couple of things that really stuck out and one of them was like finding solace in music Mm. and I just wondered if like when you started writing was it for like an outlet I am I I think it was definitely more geared towards I needed it for my feelings I kind of I knew I could sing um but I used to write a lot of poetry and a, a lot of people do that you know I used to write a lot of poetry when I was younger and I think I've suffered you know from mental health problems since I was a child and didn't understand them and again within um cultures like ours it can like it can be quite stifling because you can't really talk about it um because it's like you know just what's wrong with you get over it um (laughs) you're fine um and so I used to yeah write a lot write a lot of my emotions down and then kind of gradually started putting that all together and I actually I had a um um my singing teacher at school um who's now um everywhere and doing an amazing job um Kelly Lee um she really encouraged me to keep going and uh, once I started doing 
the writing and just as a way of me just sort of expressing my emotions she kind of reassured me that no you're really good at this like keep going and she kind of pushed me into doing it um and which was amazing um shout out Kelly by the way she's she's the best what started as something that was to do with my emotions became something that I was like okay I feel quite confident in it it made me feel I grew up as you know the awkward brown girl who no boys liked me and I was really nerdy and a, you know a typical story or whatever but music I felt the one place where I felt like yeah I'm, I'm good at this like yeah like mm. I felt kind of mildly cool um when I was like playing <laughs> music so it was a way of me like boosting my confidence it was like my little confidence space and it was a way of me like really expressing some very, very dark places that I'd been in since I was a child. So you like really recently released the track, I think it's like four, four days old or something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, still a baby. Um, still a baby, <laughs> still a but doing really well. It sounds really cool. Um, I just wondered, like, how long does it take you to write a, to write a song? Oh, it, it can depend. Like, that one we had actually started um and it was like a day's progress that we had gotten from it and then we spent uh it, it, we got a bit stuck on that one so that one did take a little bit longer melody wise like a maybe even like in total couple weeks to write but then sometimes we can turn songs around in a day or so like love me alone didn't take long at all um, in terms of the actual, just like the basis of writing the melody and the lyrics and everything. Um, it can just really depend. It can, it, like for me, if I'm writing by myself on the guitar, I can take an hour to write a song. But um, when we're doing these bigger productions, it can take a little longer. And I feel like when, if I was writing with someone that was, um, I didn't know as well, I'd probably turn it around a lot quicker. Um, but because I'm writing with Drew, the attention to detail is even more and the attention to getting that completely right. We 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 spend a lot more time than maybe you would in a, a different session with someone you don't know as well. So yeah, it really depends. Can take a day, can take a couple of weeks, could take mm. ever sometimes. We still got we got a whole <laughs> spreadsheet of unfinished songs that we're like, oh my knees. <laughs> we got so much to write. <laughs> So yeah, it, it 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 really is dependent on like how much we're vibing that song and how how right it is from the beginning mm. and how much we kind of tweak it along the way. Actually, very good question. Um, you obviously said that you started off writing folk. Were you listening to like folk as a child, or did you have like different influences? It was kind of when I got to, I started listening. I uh, picked up the acoustic guitar at like fourteen, fifteen. I started um, just listening to more. I think one of the first people I, I learned to play was um, someone called Gregory and the Hawk, and then from there it just obviously went hardcore Laura Marling fan because. <laughs> oh yeah yeah most yeah. yeah most people who pick up an acoustic guitar most women are like obsessed with Laura Miley Stiller um mm-hmm. and so yeah it's from about my teenage years and then I started to delve a bit deeper into the older world fell in love with Joan Baez um 
mm-hmm. um, a lot of country artists as well, like Bobby Gentry. Um, nice. And and then people like Odetta, Sister Rosetta Tharp, mm-hmm. like all those people. I just started anyone that was you know yielding a guitar, especially women that were yielding guitars, and especially back then in a time where you know they weren't they were heavily underappreciated I just got mm-hmm. just really really delved into that space and I think that's I fell in love with folk music and I st- as I said I still am in love with it but I just I, I play it at home all the time and I do use it in my melodies that kind of wavering and I, I guess that sadness sometimes that you can get in the vocals definitely comes from my mm. folk days um but yeah it's it was definitely like around then I when as I said when I was a kid I <laughs> I went through all the different stages um so <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah until my yeah. teenage years I, I sort of really fell in love with acoustic music what uh what have you what should we be looking out for next with you well we're we're looking to release um well we will be releasing some new tracks at the start of the year and yeah basically we're just writing recording and just like wanting to record release and put put out as much as we possibly can to really get the idea of who i am across um but yeah it's 2021 like we um start of years just we've got a couple tracks already kind of there ready to release so and I'm very excited about the next one I won't say too much about it but um it's very like family orientated so I'm excited to to show that part of myself taking time out to speak to us today it's been so wonderful thank you so yeah. much this has proper cheered me up i was having a shitty day so that's oh. it like yeah it's honestly made me feel really good so thank you so much for having me on it's really appreciate it are you gonna make me make me blush um you've been <laughs> such a lovely guest to talk to i think like real like ideal podcast guest as well because your your honesty and authenticity that comes through with your music also comes through when you're speaking and it's so nice to be able to join those dots and hopefully people listening will be able to join those dots so thank you for your honesty authenticity and vulnerability thank and you. your strength yes. <laughs> much appreciated thank you so, thank much. You so much so in typical on repeat fashion we're going to ask you who you're keeping on repeat at the moment. Who are you listening to? Who am I keep- Do you mind if I look at my Spotify? <laughs> Go for it. No. Go ahead. I'm actually going to have a look. I always find it really hard if people ask me. I'm suddenly like, mm. oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I, So actually, we do a music club with a few of my mates. So like, it, it's quite interesting. Like Every week I'm listening to like a different... I really get... I, sometimes I get so obsessed with just one song. Yes! Some of our guests have said that actually, you get into the rabbit hole with one and you just have it on repeat and then you move on. <laughs> exactly. Actually, a song yeah. I've been rinsing recently is Dora by Tierra Wack. Um, right. I love Tierra Wack. Oh man, she's great. Um, I think she's got that kind of like weirdness to her that I absolutely adore that comes like, um, what is it? Which is the song? Uh, I think it's Clone Starts with a Sneeze. 
and I just appreciate that so much. It's such a, <laughs> she's like, ah, true, keep that, don't delete that. And I'm like, oh, I love, I love it. So yeah, I think Tierra Wack is someone that is consistently at the top of a playlist for me. Um, I've been I've been listening. I know it only came out a couple days ago, and I know there's like some people debating whether it's like good or not. But Body, Megan Thee Stallion. I just love Megan Thee Stallion. I I, I love her. Yep, yep, totally. I was just thinking, Ali, when you said what you're listening to, I was like, I don't think I'm listening to anything like a single person. But there is a playlist I keep putting on called like Bad Bitch Energy. Oh my god, what is that? I need that. It's so good. I need that. It's so good. Honestly, because I when I'm. If I'm going on a date, if I, whatever I'm going to, and I need to feel top, mm-hmm. Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah. It's that, it's that kind of playlist. Yeah, it's uh, really good. I just want to strut Anything in like and that. be like, what? And like, you can, yeah, you can't yeah. do that to like, you know, like really sad music or slow like acoustic music. It has to like, it has to hit like Megan Thee Stallion. And yeah, I listen. I, I, again, this is another person that I find like, people are like, oh, the chorus isn't good. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, she's whatever is this manufactured rap blah 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 and I'm just like but does it make you feel good oh that was such a brilliant interview thank you so much Sophia for taking the time out to speak to us that was so brilliant when at the end she was sort of saying how she wasn't feeling very well at the beginning, but actually the whole thing cheered her up. And it was just really lovely, mm. lovely to hear because it cheered us up as well. Yeah, it, def- oh, it definitely cheered me up. And I was like listening back to it and I was like, oh, this is just so nice. She's just so lovely. I can't wait to join her studio sessions and drink some, <laughs> drink some rum. If uh, And if you enjoyed this episode as much as we did and as much as Sevilla did, then please do remember to review us on Apple Podcasts because it means that we can share the love and people can find out about all of these amazing artists and discover some new music and if you want to find out more about Sabia you can find her on Instagram at Sabia underscore and Sabia is spelled S-A-B-I-Y-H-A with an underscore you can also find her on Facebook at Sabia Music and also at Twitter underscore we'll put all the links to her music to her social media in our show notes so there's no excuse to not be following (laughs) yes Um, (laughs) so we're gonna be keeping Sophia on repeat this week and until next time everybody we will see you for next week which is my birthday week oh my goodness it is your birthday week oh my god believe me we have a very special interview we really do it's a good one a goodie so stay tuned and stay locked and keep it on repeat goodbye a huge thank you and shout out to our friends and fellow artists at on cloud pine christmas tree company And don't forget to redeem your special on repeat discount to have your very own Christmas tree where you can see its very own journey as well. I said I'd remind you. So remember, it's OCP friend, all in capitals to claim your discount. You've got to the 30th of November, everyone. So waste no time. Let's get on it.